0: Heavenly Father, as we reflect again on this Good Friday, on those events 2,000 years ago, we pray that you would bring them to our hearts and minds with a fresh clarity that would encourage our hearts and help us to appreciate to a deeper degree your great love for us expressed in the sending of your Son to the cross. We ask this all in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus. Amen. Well, one of the joys of YouTube is that it is able to, it enables us to go back to see TV series that maybe we watched when we were kids. Uh, I grew up in the UK, as you know, and uh, a popular BBC comedy during my childhood was The Rise and Fall of Reginald Perrin. Maybe some of you have seen it. I can see you're nodding. Uh, I was watching a clip the other day. Uh, in that series, um, whenever Reginald's mother-in-law is mentioned... The picture then switches to a clip of a hippopotamus lumbering across the mudflats. Uh, for the record, uh, my own mother-in-law is a wonderful person. But we often compare people with animals, don't we? Uh, we say, uh, he's as strong as an ox. Uh, she's as wise as an owl. Uh, she's, he's as cunning as a fox. Or as busy as a Bee. Uh, or negatively, uh, he's as stubborn as a... No. Mad as a... Hatter? Is that an animal? March hare. Uh, she's as greedy as a... Pig. Blind as a... Bat. There we go. So, here's the question. Which animal would you compare yourself to? Which animal springs to mind? What are you most like? Well... Here's what the Bible says about us, and you've probably guessed it by now. It's taken from the prophet Isaiah. Verse 6 We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. You see, when the Bible talks about us being like sheep, the point is we are naturally wayward, Uh, we all go astray. Uh, I guess that's why sheep paddocks, they're all enclosed with wire fences because sheep have a tendency, don't they, to wander off. And the Bible says that that is what we are all like spiritually. Instead of going God's way, we wander off and we go astray. We've all turned to our own way, and we all do it. We've done it as a human race, and we do it as individuals. And if you're a parent or a teacher... You've seen it many times, haven't you, in young kids. Nobody has to teach them to disobey. It's an innate ability. It just comes out naturally. And of course, it's what the Bible calls sin. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. You see, we say, I know what is best for my life. I don't need anyone to tell me how to live, thank you very much. That is our natural inclination of our hearts. And of course, we ignore the voice of the Good Shepherd and we do our own thing. Now, uh, going our own way has its consequences and they are serious consequences, they are deadly consequences. Uh, Maybe you've been on walks in the country when you've come across a few bones and some fluffy bits of wool. What has happened there? Well, it's been dinner time for the fox. He's finished off the lamb with, uh, as, for his lunch with a side salad of grass, and all that's left is a few bits of fluff. Wandering off as a sheep is dangerous. And that is never more true so spiritually. Turning from God's way and going our own way, can only lead to one place, and that is death, spiritually, physically, and eternally. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Going our own way may feel like the ultimate freedom. I'm sure that Sean the sheep, as he squeezes through the gap in the stone wall, thinks he's onto a winner. However, actually, it's his ultimate folly." Uh, If we were to enlist the services of a life coach or if we were to pick up a a self-help book, what would they tell us? They would tell us, we are amazing people and we come away feeling even taller than we are. But God is not into flattery. God tells us it how it truly is. He says, you're like sheep. We are amazing. God has made us, but we have become like sheep. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way. And it's not a diagnosis that we like to hear. Uh, A friend of mine recounted an instance when uh, they were potty training their two-year-old boy. It's a story which I I may have told you before, but it's worth repeating. It's priceless. Uh, One day, his wife found the little guy in the living room... With his trousers round his ankles, his legs wet, standing in a pool of urine. Uh, she said to him, "Oh, have you weed?" And without missing a beat, he looked at her and said, "No, Daddy did it." <laughs> well, it's a reaction that many of us have to God. When he says we have sinned," we look at him and we said, "No. They made me do it. It's not my fault. Someone else is always to blame. Uh, Some people react like the great Admiral Lord Nelson. Uh, As he lay dying, he said to his doctor, and I quote Doctor, I have not been a great sinner. Thank God I have done my duty. Isn't that how many people think today? Sure, I may not have gone God's way, but I'm not a great sinner. I've done my duty, I've been an upright citizen, and I'm sure if God is there, He will accept me. But of course we know, God can't and God won't. We have gone our own way, and God can't just turn a blind eye to that. Sin has to be judged. We're on the path to death, spiritually, physically, and eternally. And what hope is there? The only hope is to be found in another animal picture we found find in the Bible. It's taken from John's Gospel, and it's the words of John the Baptist as he sees Jesus coming towards him. John 1 verse 29. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of God. What association does a a lamb have in your mind? Well, if you are a passionate Australian citizen like myself, uh, then the answer is Australia Day. And don't you look ever increasingly forward to the Australia Day TV commercials? They're becoming ever more creative. Uh, But in the Bible, the lamb has a different association. In the Bible, the word lamb is associated with sacrifice. In the Old Testament, God's people deserved to die because they went their own way. But God accepted the death of an animal in their place. And Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice that God has provided in our place. He is the one that the Old Testament animal sacrifices pictured and pointed to. And so when Jesus dies on the cross, that wonderful exchange happens. He's dying in our place. He takes on himself our wrongdoing, our sin, and our punishment for going our own way. And it was something that the prophet Isaiah foretold 800 years before Jesus was ever born. Again, Isaiah 53 verse 6. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. On February the 16th this year, in Edinburgh, in the UK, a young mother, Marie Holden, rushed her four-year-old son to hospital after he developed breathing difficulties. Uh, unexpectedly, the doctors decided to keep her son in overnight, and she remained by his side throughout. When she returned to her car the following morning, she found two parking tickets on her windscreen. As you can imagine, her heart sank. However, as she went to remove them, she discovered a note underneath. And I have a picture of it here on the screen. And the note read, pay it, then forget it has happened. And underneath that was 25 pounds in cash pinned under the windscreen wiper. Uh, Maria later told the BBC News, and I quote, I drove home in a daze when I found the money and the note. She continues, I'm still overwhelmed at this act of kindness. I'll never forget it. And if anyone has any idea of who could have, it could have been or recognized the writing or, or the paper, please let me know. I'd love to be able to thank them. Wow, what an act of kindness, and it is newsworthy, it makes it into the news because it is such a startling act of kindness. And it stands out, doesn't it, as a shaft of light amidst a sea of darkness in the news, because generally our news is depressing stories of suicide bombings and desperate, displaced people. But this outstanding act of kindness also reminds us of another, of the greatest act of kindness that burns brightly in our history 2,000 years ago. It's that amazing act of kindness that moved God the Father's heart to send His Son to die for us. As we sang earlier, amazing love, oh what sacrifice the Son of God given us. Me. And to draw a parallel with that act of kindness in Edinburgh, God would have been both the parkie who puts the tickets on the car and the mysterious donor who pays the fines in full. So as we conclude, where does this leave us? The first question we need to ask is this. Have you personally responded to God's immeasurable act of of kindness. You see, the settlement of our debt to God does not just happen automatically whether we wish it or not. It requires us to personally accept this act of kindness. It calls us to say, Jesus, please settle my debt with God. If you like, the money may be attached to the windscreen, but we have to send it to the RTA in payment of the fine. And the question then is this, have you done that yet? And if not, what better time to do that than this Easter? You walk through that door with the divine penalty notice outstanding and hanging over your head. And yet you leave with the account settled in full. Uh, If you are a Christian, where are you on the the overwhelmed-by-the-supreme-act-of-kindness spectrum. Imagine a spectrum. Over here we have utterly gobsmacked. And over here we have totally unmoved. And each of us, if we're a Christian, is somewhere between these two poles. Where are you? Utterly gobsmacked, totally unmoved, moving along the spectrum. Warm, getting a bit cooler. Moving along. Where are you on that spectrum? Maybe uh, you are somebody who has committed your life to Christ in the past, but like a sheep you have wandered away. Maybe your heart has gone cool and you are no longer walking with the Lord. Why not come back to Christ today? Why not return, if you like, to the fold? You see, Christ has done everything necessary for you to be restored to God. Remember Jesus' story of the prodigal son. The father is waiting for your return. All you have to do is return to speak to him and to say, sorry. Why not enjoy the delight of a renewed walk with your heavenly father starting today? And what of those, those, for those of us who are still walking with the Lord? Is there not a sense in which all Christians need to move more towards this end of that spectrum? To move from being a little cool to being more warmed by what God has done in sending Christ? You see, is there not a danger of becoming less overwhelmed by this most amazing act of kindness as the years go by? Are we, like that woman, still dazzled by this supreme act of kindness? We can, can we not, relate to the awful feeling of a parking ticket or a speeding fine. Uh, Maybe we've never had a mystery donor settling our speeding fines for us. But we can imagine the depth of overwhelming gratitude and joy that we would feel if someone were to do that for us. And yet to an infinitely greater degree, that is what God has done for us in terms of our divine penalty. We are all wayward sheep, and yet God has sent His Son as the Lamb of God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his or her own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Let's thank God for Jesus now in prayer. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank, thank you for Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the Lamb of God who takes away my sin, the Lamb of God who takes away each of our sins. Heavenly Father, we pray that that glorious truth and that supreme act of kindness will be true for every one of us here. And please warm our hearts this great act of kindness and may our hearts burn brighter in appreciation of all that you've done for us In Jesus we pray. Amen.